0: Hello,
1: friends, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.
2: I'm Joe Webb. And I'm Brandon Wood, and this is a podcast for spiritual exiles, all of us who are looking for faith beyond the confines of institutional religion. So thanks so much for joining us for episode number 39 of the
1: podcast. This is the 14th episode of our second season, and Brandon and I are really excited to introduce you to our guests Rich and Elise Chaffins, who are going to talk to us about the phenomenon known as beer and hymns.
2: Yeah, Rich and Elise are the lead organizers for Beer and Hymns in Morgantown, West Virginia, and they have some really interesting insights and observations about the kind of community that's forming there. So if you're wondering uh, what Beer and
1: Hymns is all about, or if you're just curious about how those two things even fit together, um, keep on listening. And please give a warm accidental tomatoes welcome to Rich and Elise Chaffins.
3: And I know there are people uh, Rich has talked to and I've talked to who have said, I've left the church, I'm super comfortable having left the church. I don't have any intention to ever join a church again but this is filling that community kind of thing that maybe I missed after I left the church.
1: Well, welcome again to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. And I'm really excited to have uh, all of you all as listeners here with us today because we've got some really cool things happening in this episode. First of all, this is... I guess officially the first episode where Brandon Wood yeah. is the
2: co-host of Accidental Tomatoes. So welcome Brandon. I just feel like I need to go old school and raise the roof you yeah, can't see me listener, but sadly I raising... there is no video for people
1: to see you raising <laughs> the roof. On And the it's
2: team. some good dance. I mean, look at that form, right? <laughs> you, you've, you've got some sick moves, man. I, there's no question about it. Welcome, man. I'm, yeah, man, I'm so I'm
1: glad. Uh, I'm so glad that, that we're partnering up for this effort. Um, uh, I'm excited for for what's to come. And I'm really excited for this episode um, because our guests uh today are Rich and Elise. Is it Chafins or Chafins? I should have asked you guys that before we went live on, on the audio. Like, how to make sure I pronounce your last name correctly.
4: Yeah, you really should have, Joe. Yeah, I really should have. <laughs> Thanks, um, buddy.
1: That's that's on me. And like I feel like I asked you that when you came and did beer and carols for us. Um, and then, but that was like pre-pandemic and, and nothing right. else,
4: yeah. right? That was a whole other life, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so originally, and Elise are going to talk about this thing called beer and hymns. And <clears throat> it's a really, it's a really fascinating thing. If it's something that you are not aware of or that you haven't experienced, um, there is so many interesting things coming out of this beer and hymns concept. And we're going to dig into what that means and what it looks like as we go in and, uh, go on in the conversation, but um, Rich and Elise, welcome. Thanks for joining us yeah. for the podcast. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourselves?
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's Chaffins.
1: chafens. Uh, okay.
3: Yeah. yeah. Which means bald. So as you can tell from our, you know, pates here, but anyway, Again, there's <laughs> no
4: video. So folks will just have to <laughs> take your word for it. It went the way of uh, Brandon's raising the roof. Exactly. Right? Yes, yes,
1: indeed. Yes, indeed. Lots we should of offer video content for like our Patreon.
0: <laughs> there sure. you go.
1: Like They would pay big bucks to see some of the Zoom shenanigans that go on behind <laughs> the
4: scenes. I am certain that's yeah. very, very true. So anyway,
3: I'm Elise. I uh, am a private piano teacher and a knitter, crocheter, and... Use that, some of the proceeds of that to uh, donate to um, pro LGBTQ uh, organizations. So, yeah. Very yeah, cool.
2: That's
4: awesome. That's you. Yeah. I am a luthier, which is the fancy French word for guitar builder.
1: Has but has nothing to do with uh, Reformed
4: theology, right? No. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Lutherian,
0: <laughs>
4: but yeah, I do that for my day gig and also teach guitar. Not so much anymore since the guitar business has really taken off, which is I'm grateful for. Then also uh, Elise and I have a weekly church gig here at one of our local church, UMC churches.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Very That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Agape Guitars is a great follow on Instagram. If you like looking at beautiful instruments and hearing beautiful music, um, I highly recommend uh, the the instagram page there i i, I di i i'm a uh, i always tell people i don 't play guitar so much as I play with a guitar, which is entirely <laughs> different but I do really dig looking at well made instruments yeah. and and it's very cool and then while i 'm plugging see the dawn knitting uh, is elise 's instagram also some really cool stuff and ways to connect with and we'll, and we'll we'll wrap all of that up in the end too to give you guys a chance to to plug <clears> some <throat> of that stuff but just to get that out well, there from the beginning. So beer and hymns, like what, what the hell is beer and hymns? How how do those things go together?
4: Yeah, I was going to say that uh, (laughs) if you put those two in a sentence like that, a lot of people would say it's two great tastes that don't taste great together. (laughs) right? (laughs) But what it is, is um, at its most basic level, it is gathering in a bar or a place like that and singing old school hymns.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So, um, we have some friends in Southern California who did a chapter. Um, I believe the project originally started in England, mm-hmm. the whole movement. Wow. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's basically a lot for people who don't feel comfortable going to a church, don't feel comfortable or welcomed in the church community. People have been burned. Like us, (laughs) for example, and it's just a really great way to connect to roots without all the trappings of evangelicalism, modern church, that kind of thing. It's just, you know, there's a, uh, I think there's a big nostalgia factor, you know, harkens back to simpler times, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, the turnout has just been growing every time we've done it and everybody has a blast and people who have sworn off church and all that come, we sing, we drink, you know, not to yeah, excess. It's, it's literally <laughs> exactly
1: what it sounds like. It's it's right. drinking beer and singing That's phenomenal. hymns, right? Yeah. yeah. So when you say, uh, you, you talked about having chapters, right? So is this like, is it is it um, a, an organized kind of thing or is it just sort of loosely affiliated or
4: um yeah it's uh definitely loosely affiliated you know there are um like i said it started in england just big pubs and you know stuff like that <clears throat> and yeah we just noticed there wasn't one around here
3: here you know? being morgantown west virginia
4: right 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 and we like we uh, went we first um, engaged with it at the wild goose festival in North carolina where our socal friends uh led worship there or well <laughs> sang hymns and played <laughs> instruments you know and it was under it was under a tent and it was like what three or four hundred people you yeah say? I
3: mean, oh. yeah something. back, back well, in the days when I mean, you could have three or four hundred people crammed <laughs> together t- breathing that like Please breathing, breathing their air yeah
2: <laughs> 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 i don't recall those yeah. days 300 yeah <laughs> yeah I <laughs> know oh, yeah. it seems so foreign yeah. Yeah, the the uh
1: the Wild Goose that's where I first experienced Beer and Hymns too was at Wild Goose Festival in um in 2019. And and I'd had I had a friend that had been to several Wild Goose Festivals and and he when we started um our kind of pub theology group up, um we you know our little pub church thing called New Wineskins, he kept telling me like we need to do Beer and Hymns, we need to do Beer and Hymns and like I'm like I I think that sounds interesting, but I just didn't have like a vision for the concept. I like, it sounded like a cool idea, but I didn't get it. And then I went to wild goose and I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Had the light bulb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I'm bummed because every time um, I I am located very, you know, very close to Morgantown and Fairmont. So what, 20, 25 minutes away. Uh, Mm -hmm. I always had, uh, I was the youth group leader at that time, so I always had youth group on Sunday nights, and I was always very upset because uh, I would <laughs> see the amazing Facebook videos. I, the one I remember the most is was it um, the Hallelujah Chorus, and like everyone had yeah. their signs, <laughs> and everyone had their part, and it just looked like so much fun. So as soon as COVID is over, I'll be the first one there. Um, <laughs> but it seems like, and I, and I have to give a shout out to Joe, because when Joe and I first started talking, I really respected this. And not to jump the conversation to like a deconstruction and reconstruction. But mm-hmm. Joe would always say like with deconstruction and reconstruction, the goal was not to bring you back to church. You know, that might not be how you reconstruct your life. Are you seeing that? Like with beer and hymns, people just come, like there's no push from beer and hymns to like, hey, go be a part of a local church now, right? It's just very chill and you guys come drink beer, sing hymns, and that's pretty much the extent of it. Is that how that goes?
3: Yeah, there's, we've been really intentional uh, with the group that we're working with to make sure that we're not doing any kind of proselytizing. There's no invitation to join churches. We have two pastors from two different churches who are involved up on the stage and, you know, worship leaders from a third church (laughs) who are up on stage. And that is not part of what we're doing at all. It's very much a self-contained um, event. That's it. It's not really about church. It's about that's
0: awesome. Kind
3: of connecting in this in this place. And and I know there are people uh, Rich has talked to and I've talked to who have said I've left the church. I'm super comfortable having left the church. I don't have any intention to ever join a church again. But this is filling that community kind of mm. thing that maybe I missed after I left the church because I think there are a lot of people I think who stay in church communities, maybe even beyond where they really feel comfortable staying, if for no other reason than having that community opportunity. So, so yeah, Yeah. this is, this is a, apart from that entirely.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's, It's really kind of become or, or is becoming, um, kind of a community all of its own
0: mm-hmm.
1: but not in not in the kind of contrived way that we might think of um like a church community or something right it, it's it seems like it's so much more organic than that
4: yeah <clears throat> it's um we try to make it not anything more than what it is right there in the moment right. yeah you know what That's i mean true. um we ha- every every uh, beer and hymns Concert gathering, whatever you want to call it, I haven't figured up a word for it yet. <laughs> but um, melee, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there's a thing, there's a thing with uh, giving to churches, like tithing and stuff like that, where there's almost a you don't know exactly where your money's going.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You know what I mean? Um. So each time we do bearing hymns, we pick a local charity to, and we ask for donations to get through the door, you know, as as much or as little as you can, you know, and we also have a representative from that charity come up like halfway through the show and speak, like give a little short two minute thing about what they're about and what they're trying to do through their charity for the community. So, yeah, we try to make it pretty where you can see where your money is doing good. And, you know, past that, there's nothing like no second step, just come and sing with us. That's all we, That's all it is, you know? Yeah, that's so cool.
1: I, I was so having cool. this conversation with um, some um, Methodist colleagues uh, from other parts of the country the other day. And, and a lot of us are kind of struggling with like, we know, struggling is not the right word. Like I'm actually very comfortable with this. Um, <laughs> we know that for a lot of people, and maybe now for the majority of people, what we've always known as church, in kind of an institutional way, just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't mean that people don't aren't interested in Jesus. It doesn't mean that they're not interested in spirituality. And and we all know like there's so much baggage with the church, and we could spend like all of our time talking
2: about that. But that's that's Wait, not fruitful. What there's but, baggage with the church?
1: Yeah, do Brandon, you know? would you know anything about that? I don't. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Have you heard um, anything about that? It's yeah. it's not
4: ringing. I don't.
1: It's that doesn't seem. Um, <laughs> that doesn't seem plausible sorry um yeah sorry but um but we were saying like a lot of like in in the world of people who are trying to create new faith communities which is sort of partly where i exist there's all this stuff about like well people want community people which is true right people people do desire community and yet it seems like churches who are trying to just do that like intentionally are still not really being all that um, successful at at getting people interested in it. And and this one guy in the conversation said something I thought was really interesting. He said, I, he said, community is true and it's good, but what, but people do still want some kind of a spiritual experience.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And and so we got into this whole conversation uh, and I think that maybe beer and hymns is is part of this conversation. Like, how do you, how do you create a space and opportunity for people to have spiritual experiences without crossing the line into emotional manipulation.
2: Oh, great question!
1: Yeah, that yeah. was I mean, a great
2: question. Like, I'm really good at I it. I think we really? should pause oh. and just admire. Yeah, Joe. Like, all right, podcast yeah. over. That's we're done. We
3: don't and even need an answer. It's fine. <laughs>
2: And scene. (laughs) We don't give the listener an answer and that's just, and they're like,
3: I want to know the answer. (laughs) I think that is one of the things that hits with beer and hymns, at least for me. And it's part of, I think uh, what drew it to me and what, what drew me in the first time I was there is it's this really interesting blend of spiritual with this like background in these hymns and this old I don't want to just say nostalgia but some nostalgia there Yeah,
0: yeah but there's
3: a there's a connection there that's maybe a little bit deeper than just I remember watching Ghostbusters back in the day it has like a little bit more of a tie to yeah to like a spiritual thing but it's also then mixed with for a Jesus-y word, this secular kind of element where you're going to a bar, you're going and drinking beer, you're going into this neutral space that isn't churchy. And I think it hits really well kind of in those two places. To me anyway, it marries those two spaces really well Mm -hmm. um, of that spiritual and and secular or spiritual and profane or what, however you want to talk about it, it just hits that kind of way. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think that's what makes it work because it's not there to be one or the other. It really is this actual blend of the two. Yeah.
4: Yeah. We try. um, I think the thing that's missing from beer and hymns and versus a church service or something like that is probably want to say like maybe expectations,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
4: expectations of how you're supposed to act are also expectations of being judged Mm -hmm. when you're there, you know, one thing we try to do at the beginning of every um, concert is just offer a toast. Uh, A lot of times I'll say something like, you know, to the intrinsic worth of every human being you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that just just to make sure that and tell everybody is welcome it doesn't matter you know who you are you're welcome you're good enough you know which is something that's yeah sometimes it's missing from church yeah
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: speaking speaking of church baggage
4: right (laughs) yeah yeah There's that phrase again, church bag. <laughs> I know, it uh, keeps coming up.
1: I I've, I've been that, listening to, to Brandon's um other podcast too much. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um oh, cool. so, man, I so a couple of things popped into my head as you all were um just saying those things. Like the, the first thing that was uh, as as a lifelong um United Methodist, like we have this um lore, I guess, um in in our in our tradition and our culture of, you know, Charles Wesley, John Wesley's brother, wrote a lot of the the Methodist hymnody, and and is famous for having taken drinking songs from you know 18th century English pubs and and changing the lyrics to make them into these, you know, theologically. Rich, or or sometimes not rich, and we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> a little bit too. But but ta- you know, embedding theology in these old drinking songs, and I wonder when I've experienced beer and hymns with you know at Wild Goose and them with you all when when you came to our community to do a beer and carols night, which was way too much fun. That sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> but there's there's something about the tunes themselves, even though a lot of times you guys sort of rearrange, you know, update the arrangements and things like that somehow some of the some of those just kind of melodies and things just lend themselves to like hoist your glass and swing it back and forth. For sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think yeah, even if the I think there's some question as to the Legitimacy of the claims of the uh, sure, sure drinking drinking songs, but even so, they were still created in a time where where those two like styles would have been very similar. I mean, and you see that now. I mean, contemporary Christian worship songs are still done in the style of you know modern pop music, more right, or less. Right. So so that it has that kind that a lot of the music outside of the church would have been done in bars, it's going to have a similar vibe just because that's the music of the time. So, yeah, that that music has like persisted through to now is just common folk songs that are drinking songs. Well, that's going to still work for a hymn real well because it's of that same era. And so it brings some of that. So even if we're updating it to some modern instrumentation or whatever, it's still going to have that same vibe to it. Um right of a drinking song kind of thing, which is, yeah, I mean, that's just fun and musically interesting too. (laughs) So I I,
1: I was just thinking y'all need a uh, Morgantown beer and hymns, TikTok and do um, beer and and shanties, beer and (laughs) sea (laughs)
3: shanties. Oh, those will be happening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shanty is very popular right now
3: exactly even if it's not popular now it's gonna it's gonna make an appearance in our next parent hymns so i'm certain
2: there's just something about
4: those stomping quarter notes you know right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very kind of club you know
1: <laughs> oh man i never thought about that holy
0: cow <laughs>
4: We're all humans and we all like the same stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah, true fact. True fact.
1: I, I was waiting. Brandon looked like maybe he had a question there. So I was. Well, trying I to mean,
2: buy- not so much a question, but like, I just love the fact that it's number one, it's not one church putting it on, and therefore that one church trying to um, use it as a bridge to get people to the church. I just love that concept. Mm-hmm. But then I also love um, talking with our good friend, uh, Reverend Jenny Williams, that like mm-hmm. – there and I think you already mentioned it, um, maybe at least I think – that like the team is from multiple churches, like the what right. you would consider the band. Um, right. And that you guys – that you're – you know, every time I just – We always say like my generation can smell fake from a mile away, and you know. So then the church was like, okay, well we can't be fake. How to be authentic? But still, there was always ulterior motives into every event. You know, oh we're going to give away an iPad, but our church logo is stamped on the back of that iPad, right? You know, like stuff (laughs) like that. And I just love the fact that there's multiple just believers or non-believers, whatever you want to call people that experience the divine or just the nostalgia that are coming together to do this with no motive except to do it and to drink beer and sing hymns. That's just so foreign. And I think if churches would really actually get that, then maybe they might actually go back to doing good, but it's always just tied into, well, if we're going to do this, we have to have a reason and we have to count the number of to see if it's successful or not. Um, Do you guys, do you guys find yourself getting trapped in that idea? Or if one person shows one person shows, I mean, I'm sure you're trying to build it, but is it more so just having the event or do you, you know, how do do you balance that between wanting it to grow, but also, you know, not counting. I don't know if you guys count the numbers or not.
3: Oh, we count the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) But it
2: doesn't go
1: on any statistical reports
0: anywhere. Right.
3: I mean, I think there is because we are using it also as kind of a fundraiser for local organizations, there is a certain amount of like, yeah, we'd like to bring people in. But one of the other things that interest that's interesting is that we have changed it every time that we've done it. So it's not like we did Morgantown pride. Every time we did Morgantown pride. One time we did um, a local food bank. We did a, a cold weather shelter. We did um, a group that, organizes for women in the state. So we've like gone to different organizations. And so it's not been what we're here also to raise money only for this group. It's it's changed every time. And so I think that gives us a wider reach as well, just because there are different people coming in because, oh, well, I like what Empty Bowls is doing here. So I'm going to come in and see that. So I mean, yeah, Our certainly our goal is to have people there. But I think one of the things that makes it authentic, uh, at least in my... Like, yeah, and I, quotation. That marks. feels like such a cringy word sometimes. Yeah. yeah but, <laughs> but I think some of what does make it authentic is that genuinely our primary goal is to get there and have a good time. And that is it. Like, we want to have fun. We want to do whatever we can to have people engaged and have a good time. And that's it. Like, so... I think that is the metric that we're most trying to, to meet. I don't know. For
4: sure. Yeah. We want to sing with our friends. Right. <laughs> and it's more fun when you're singing with more friends.
2: Yeah. True. And,
4: yeah. <laughs> you know, and like if, if more people are there, more people are aware of the charity we're go- we're going for, which means more people can affect the community in a positive way without any gotcha
2: yeah 100%. yeah yeah you know right
4: yeah we like now, now stay tuned for this message we have two pastors on the team where they could they could talk <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> they, they're they professional talkers but uh yeah we just make sure that doesn't happen and we try we try to think of i know that we try to think of all the things that we hate about <laughs> like stuff that's happened with the church and us before what could and listen to other people mm-hmm. People that have been told they're not welcome just because of who they are. Mm. That is sad one and not Jesus this, for a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so.
3: Yeah, we, ha- we got a, after one of our events, like more than a year ago. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> somebody had said. Uh, This was something we would posted this on our, on our Facebook page, but uh, somebody had commented so often as a gay person, you have to choose between two communities, your church community, which in West Virginia often doesn't want you and the gay community. If you decide to be who you are, you don't get to have a faith community and here both of those communities come together. They're not separate. And I think that's to me like just huge because yeah, I think we just see, particularly with, with our with our group and the group that has uh, come into Beer and Hymns here, there is a surprisingly large LGBTQ um, number attending, and I think it just really speaks to that. Is there's a group of people who are looking for something, who are looking for church or looking for some kind of like spiritual community and have time and time again just not found that. And sometimes I think even within the LGBT community, because church has been so hostile toward it, there tends to be a hostility back toward oh, the church, yeah. and which is wholly understandable. But I think there are people of faith. I mean, a significant number of LGBT people are still still use, you know, Christian as a moniker. I mean, I think more than half. And so they're in this stuck world of not being really able to find home in either. And to me, it is just thrilling to be able to have this space that is welcoming and accepting and all of the things it's not just we say welcome and you're allowed to come but we don't want you to be a part of it you know we have lgbt people on stage with us it's not a you're welcome but make sure you don't show it make sure you don't tell us make sure you understand you can't serve with us you're not a part of this you're on you're in a side you're allowed to observe and this is No, you're not just observing. And I think that's part of what makes Beer and Hymns exciting too, is you go to church and for the most part, you're there to observe. You're there to watch a person talk. You're there to watch the worship team do their thing. And you're there as kind of an outside person. Whereas when you go to Beer and Hymns, it is not Beer and Hymns. Like we have not done live streams of it because the whole point of it to us is that community, is that That's that group thing. So, yeah, the past year, we really haven't done a whole lot in terms of here. Watch us play, because that's not that's not what beer and hens is. It's not an observing thing. It's a participatory thing. And I think that's missing in a lot of churches as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Sorry to interrupt
1: the conversation, but I wanted to take just a minute to thank some of the folks that help us make the Accidental Tomatoes podcast happen through our Patreon giving platform. For as little as $2 a month, you can be part of a growing group of people who are committed to helping create and curate all the great content for the Accidental Tomatoes community. We're grateful for the contributions of all of our patrons, and I'd like to recognize our Master Gardener-level contributors, Jen and Harry Morgan, and Kevin and Heather Malcolm. To learn more about how you can support this podcast and the community we're creating, just go to patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes. You can also support our work by simply leaving us a rating and review on your favorite streaming app that helps other folks find our community and participate in the conversation. And now back to the podcast. Yeah. I, I love that. It's, um, it's neither consumeristic nor colonizing. Like that's one of the things yeah, I was thinking as you were talking about mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. LGBTQ communities, um, participation, right. Is not only are you, invited not to just sit on the side and watch, but we're also not trying to colonize your space. Right. It, it's, right. it's open, it's holistic.
0: Um,
1: it's, it's, it's intersectional, right. It's, it's interwoven and all of those things. I want I want to risk going down a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think it um, <laughs> makes sense um, at least with what you were just saying um, about the LGBTQ community being involved in beer and hymns. Like I know, that's, that's been a part of you and Rich's story as well as your own activism in that community. And I think there's certainly, you know, a connection there, right? That's, that's something Mm -hmm. that's, that's very close to you all. Um, so I wanted to just give you a chance to talk about some of that a little bit if you want to. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We have a whole bunch of, uh, trans and queer kids in our family. And so that is something that's really important to us. Um, my own faith journey has been.
1: I just when you said fun. that, I had this image in my head of the fabulous Brady Bunch. Like, if, yeah, yes.
3: <laughs> But it's just, yeah. I mean, that's been so much a part of my own faith journey is like understanding and you know learning to um, see my own biases and and just really know like to come to a place of like true acceptance or hopefully to true acceptance and and everything um and for the two of us we were involved in a church uh where i've i am a a pretty vocal supporter of (laughs) of my kids um and of the lgbtq community just in general even before uh, my kids came out or anything and yeah like we were part of a a church community that had an issue with that, had a problem with uh, posts supporting um, the LGBTQ community and asked us to leave that church. And so even just as people not really in it, but just as people supporting, even there, there's been a no, you can't be a part of our congregation anymore because of that. And so we've had the like, that kind of outside, I guess, kind of place. I don't, you know, where it's certainly affected us. How much more so if that's who you are, if who you are at your core is considered sinful or, you know, undesirable or anything. I mean, we've had that taste of that and it's something that we just won't participate in.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like if you distill that, we were asked to leave a church because we supported our children.
1: <laughs> Man, yeah. that's
4: messed I mean, up. Just, just med- meditate on that for a second. You know what I mean? It's the. I think so many words. <laughs> think a, yeah, that, that just does, that sounds insane. <laughs> and when you, if you're a uh, organization saying to preach, you know, unconditional love and show unconditional love, you know, those two things are not <laughs> like the other.
2: <laughs> you know? I can think of a lot of four-letter words in, in reference. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was trying to edit there. <laughs> yeah.
0: this were, no, this, no
2: <laughs> That's crazy that you they, they asked you to leave for supporting your kids and for being vocal about supporting your kids. Right. Yeah, you'd think.
3: Yeah, we were offered the option to just never talk about it again. Yeah, right. But, Stay but there,
2: but don't post. Not,
3: and- not great. <laughs> of, I think for me, part very much part of why, yeah, I don't want anybody to have to hide anything that they are. I mean, I would mm-hmm. say for Rich as well, I would say for everybody on stage, it's just not how we want it to be. If you want to come in and you are not going to church ever, that's fine. If you don't believe any of this Jesus stuff, that's fine. If you just want to come and sing hymns or you know, even if you come and just drink beer and watch other people <laughs> sing hymns, that is fine. We are cool with literally whatever. Our goal is mm-hmm. just to have fun, to sing hymns, to drink beer, and that's all. And everybody's welcome. <laughs> and yeah. everybody's welcome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That
1: that actually kind of circles back to something that um, that kind of popped up uh, a few minutes ago in the conversation that I wanted to come back to is. Um, you know, when you talk about people who like have no interest in Christianity or, or whatever, but there's there's still something about getting together and drinking beer and singing these songs. And like like we know now, looking when we look at things through a critical lens, that like some of those songs, like the the gospel classics that we love to sing along with, like I'll fly <coughs> away or nothing but the blood, like that's some pretty <laughs> shitty theology. <you> know? <laughs> like, there's, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. There's there's some escapist theology. There's some you know <laughs> um, penal substitutionary atonement stuff that that a lot of us as progressives are just not down with anymore. Um, and yet yeah, <laughs> we get together and we sing those songs. Um, I don't know what. Why do you think what what do you think there is about that 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 makes it? Because like we can overanalyze it. I guess I think that's my my. <laughs> Um, fear is that I get in that setting and I start thinking about the lyrics too much and say, you know, I'm not really down with that. <laughs> right. And right. then that starts to take the fun out of the gathering. But but somehow it works when you all do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Look, i have not um, saying I'll fly away in a church setting in decades, probably. You know what I mean? But I remember that song when I was little and everything seemed magic you know yeah. and i felt safe with my parents mm-hmm. and you know church was fun because you know we got cookies or we got you know and like <laughs> we sang songs and we sang songs like this and yeah. you know like you talk about even the way i've kind of looked at it sometimes is you have the faith of a child back then when you learned these songs and that faith has grown maybe, where we realize, hey, you know, all these happy little songs, eh, they're kind of maybe not the most thing. It it doesn't matter. If you're singing it with friends, with people you love, and you feel comfortable there, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really our only metric. You, We were talking about, like, you know, engagements yeah. and all that. Our metric is that, do you feel welcome there? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, so don't
1: overthink it, right? That's That's the... <laughs>
4: Yeah, I would say don't overthink it because we're just singing songs. Yeah, hell, man, we close every <laughs> every show with "Country Roads," which is West Virginia's national or state anthem, and it's not even about West Virginia, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But we, t- I tear up at that "Misty Taste yeah. of Moonshine," "Teardrop in My Eye." Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, the the particulars do- don't matter. The community. Right. And if you're ha- the spiritual experience you're feeling just that comes from seeing those words with a group of people,
3: right,
4: that's what matters.
3: Yeah, yeah. that's. What and I do work. think that tends to be, I think it is like in terms of demographics attending, I think it does seem to like skew a little bit to older millennials and like Gen Xers. So right. people who probably grew up in the church, but who have a lot of problems now (laughs) with that church. So I think it ties into some of that deconstruction thing um, a fair bit because it, you know, you sit there and it's like, well, I don't think I believe these things, but I think for Gen Xers in particular, and I say that as a Gen Xer myself, I think there's like, we seem to have like strong nostalgia <laughs> as well. So you have your stranger things. Cause what we want to see is a lot of 80s stuff and like, <laughs> you know, like the things that are very, very popular stuff that Gen Xers are like, yes, give it to me now kind of thing. And I think this kind of taps into some of that as well is just that I miss. Yeah. I think Rich said it really well. I miss that feeling when I didn't think about what the theology was, I didn't think about what any of these meant. I just like singing the songs. I just like doing the thing. I like getting together with my Sunday school and singing like deep and wide because we do like a kid's song pretty much every time we meet as well. One of the like Sunday school songs. (laughs) And those are always super fun because there is just a, it's just, it hits that kind of aspect of, I'm not going to think about what any of those things mean. I can, It's one place because it doesn't have any of the expectations of, you know, worrying about sin and worrying about how good I am and all of those kind of things. I can just sing them just for the fun of it. And that's enough. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I I love, um, yeah, that nostalgia component I think is a big deal. And one of the things you said, Elise, I, I think, um, is kind of worth, um, kind of circling back to for a second. I think when we talk about folks who are experiencing deconstruction or folks who are disenfranchised from institutional religion, a lot of people immediately begin to think about like millennials and Gen Z. And like there's a ton of us Gen Xers
0: mm-hmm.
1: that maybe more, more so, um, maybe not more than millennials. <laughs> Gen right. Z never gave a crap to begin with. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I can't even count them as. As deconstructing, because I'm not sure a lot of them ever constructed much of anything. Um and I don't mean that in a in a negative way, just sort of as an observation, not a critique. You sound like Um, a Gen
2: Xer. I know.
1: (laughs) Okay, boomer. I was gonna say you sound like a baby boomer. (laughs) I'm like right on the I'm like I was was born in nineteen sixty-three, so I'm like, I'm right on that that Gen X boomer line, and I'm like, don't just don't be a boomer. (laughs) Joe's like, get off my lawn. You kids. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, um, I I think it's, I think we too easily pigeonhole that into generational things. And I think it's very, very cross generational, right? That, that folks are just trying to find better ways, um, whether it's, whether it's to follow Jesus specifically or just to be decent human beings in the world. Um and I and I I I feel like you know beer and hymns is one of those like really rare spaces where all of those worlds can kind of converge.
3: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't think that like I said, I, I don't want to like give the impression that it's only for like Gen Xers or anything like that. I just know that in our particular group, and I think I've seen in other ones too, it tends to skew right into that. Yeah, like late 30s 40s 50s kind of uh kind of group yeah situation yeah. and i think i think it's because there tends to be like you said just a stronger connection to religion while also not being real sure because i mean i look at myself i mean I'm we're the parents of a bunch of gen zers um so yeah like <laughs> their religious upbringing is very different we still do church. They don't so much do church. And I think a lot of that's, yeah. Like, I think a lot of that need to be associated with a, an institution, even if a lot of Gen Xers still are, I think there's less feel that we need to have our kids do that as yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we see Pew reports of like, we're hitting, you know, fun. Fi- Less than fifty percent attending church now. I mean, that's you know, less than half are still going to church. That's pretty significant. And I think mm-hmm. this, yeah, I really do. I think this space gives space for people who maybe still want to go to church but don't want to go to church.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Now, what if yeah. uh, what if someone like myself uh, was the good loyal Christian soldier boy, but. I don't know many hymns, you know, Mm. I was, I was uh, breastfed from Hillsong and, uh, Carmen. (laughs) I'm trying to think of all the, (laughs) all the old, uh, you know, DC talk, all them. So like, um, I remember when I was leading worship back in the day and we were approached about having for us to do more hymns. I'm like, I just don't know them. (laughs) like, I'll go listen to them. But so, I mean, do you have, uh, how is it if I came or if, when, when I come like, um, I know the environment's electric, but like, is there, is there a way that like, if you don't know the song, you just learn them. Do you have words, you know, how do you guys go about that?
4: So yeah, we have um, at the door, we have a big basket of words. Yeah, awesome. like, Just the, pick a word, any word. Pick a word. <laughs> yes. Obstreperous. Do you guys go old
2: school and do the projector? Like with the laminated uh, Oh
4: god. <laughs> <laughs> Save us from the shitty projector.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I used to as a kid run the projector in kids in our kids nice. church and I felt like I was holier than now. Like I have been <laughs> chosen to run the projector.
1: The power of the Lord is upon you. The PowerPoint of God is with you.
3: (laughs) But yeah. But yeah, we have,
4: we, we get, we give you cheat sheets for the words. Yeah, we haven't gotten around to doing much of that stuff, like the Hillsong stuff and all that, just because I think it's a little too close.
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any interest in that. I think the, the goal is to keep it kind of separated for the most part. Yeah, ju- just we might throw of- in someday like a shout to the Lord. I don't know, just because I really want to do it. But, oh my you know. God,
2: you just hit me in the sweet <laughs> spot. I still love that song, especially when the the mad key change happens. It gets me every time. Heck yeah, baby. Oh man, come on, <laughs> let's jump those keys. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Brandon.
1: You and I were talking the other day about oh. how. You're
2: I don't want you know, to talk the midst about of, it. I know what you're going to talk about. I don't want to I know talk about I'm going gonna bring it up I don't we can have edit it out if you don't like it. Maybe maybe Rich and Elise. Um, you don't have consent, this. Joe. <laughs> 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 so here here's the Listen, backstory. He's... Here's the backstory. I'm doing a worship project in my studio for my in-laws in their virtual service. Mm. And so some of the times I'll do like background vocals. My sister-in-law has an amazing voice. Um, we just did a song where You know, um, I'm a dude, so all modern worship music is written for a dude where it starts really low and then it has that octave jump. Well, for a female, (laughs) that's sometimes impossible. And we had a song, and I was going to do the verse. We put her in lightly in the verse, but she just couldn't hit the verse in order to hit the chorus. But she shines in the chorus. And, man, I get to this bridge, and the bridge is, like, generic, like um, something about being faithful. I full-on start crying And I'm like, I hate this music. I don't like this music. (laughs) And then there was a Netflix movie that just came out called One Week Away. And it's like all the old CCM songs and they're a Christian camp. And I'm bawling my eyes out watching this. And I'm like, I text Joe. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I feel like one day I'll probably do a worship project myself and like write worship music that sits with where I am. But like there's just Mm -hmm. something still there, like deep in my heart where, oh, it just grips me and and – But I can't put words to it. It doesn't make sense because I I loathe Christian production on their music. Like, it's just so generic and I can't stand it. But
3: every now and again, I start bawling my eyes out. I mean, I think just music in general ties to a lot of emotional things. And so, I mean, I think there's going to be a certain way early in the conversation joe you asked about like not being emotionally manipulative well i think if you include music in it there's going to be a certain amount of like emotional manipulation that really kind of can't be avoided if we all sit down and we're like okay we're going to sing down to the river and acapella and everybody's singing like making a, po- I mean it's just powerful there's no way around that and i'm yeah. not about to like not do it because maybe that'll make somebody feel something i'm fine with feeling things like we can do that so
1: yeah i i, I think it's <laughs> i think it's a really fine it's like a tightrope that we have to walk and i remember oh, yeah, you know yeah. when i was pastoring a church and designing worship like i was always cognizant of that and, and to me it's like an in, it's a question of intent right mm-hmm. do, what do i intend right to do here do i in, intend to create a space where people's emotions can open them to an experience of the divine. Mm-hmm. Or do I have some other agenda that's maybe not, you know, quite so, I don't know, wholesome or whatever.
0: Right. right?
1: And, and, and it's, it is, it's like, that's a tight line to walk sometimes, I think. Yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, if, if, Oh, there was one other question I wanted to ask before we kind of move towards um, wrapping things up, because it's, you know, when we say beer and hymns like that, that gives folks somewhat of a picture of the kinds of songs that are sung, but y'all do some creative stuff um, with some of these hymns. And I was just thinking about, I can't remember what the song was, but when you came to our community to do beer and carols, like right before Christmas, 2019. So it was just like, just pre-pandemic, nobody saw any of that coming. Right. Um, we were all into it, but you, I can't remember what the song was. But then you kind of go into this riff with the redeemers, and um, oh I, yeah, <laughs> that's angels we have heard on high. Oh, that was it. Yeah, 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 and 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 then just seamlessly taking that into, you know, I would walk a thousand or walk five hundred miles.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think that just goes to our pretty strong feeling of not having any kind of like, well, maybe not, not having any, but like blurring the lines between the sacred and the profane is just to us, like the secular can be sacred. It doesn't, there doesn't have to be a like in the world, but not of the world. I mean, I (laughs) grew up hearing that, like, what does that even, what does that mean? And I think we've like put it into this place. Well, of the world means, you know, the, I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't go with girls who do kind of, you know, like that whole, I mean, there are so many, like, little crappy christian examples of, like, statements that are, you know, in that kind of vein of, like, this is our behavior, and if we do this, then we're good, and if we do this, yeah. then we're bad. And so, like, growing up, it was a lot of, well, you can listen to, like, even, even as I, you know, was... Growing up in the '80s, there was just a still a lot of like, well, do you is it even okay to listen to like Christian rock music? You know, I mean, that's like blending these worlds too much, and so, Petra, you know, (laughs) it's it's been kind of a thing that I've grown up with. I remember I sang when I was growing up with our family. We had a family singing group called the Mountaintop Experience. So that's where I'm coming from. This
2: is amazing. I love it. I I did not know that. I want to talk more about this.
3: we'd get our hair all up in our curlers and we had our little matching floral dresses and all that stuff. And that was like, we'd go out to churches and we'd sing all the like Sandy Patty and Steve Green songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) so that's, that's where I'm coming from. So I had, and I just, I remember my mom getting into it one time (laughs) with a pastor who was like really upset that like, you know, Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant at this time were doing these crossover albums. And it was just, it was this very, like, kind of thing. So I always grew up with, there are the safe christian things, and then there are the, you know, worldly things. And so, yeah, I think for us, it is just, we're going to throw in, um, you know, 500 miles, or we're going to end our con- every time with country roads, Because there is still there's still (laughs) something sacred about just the joy that we feel when we sing those kind of songs. I think there's something in that that still is divine, even if the lyrics themselves aren't. They're still speaking something. Yeah, there's something sacred in that anyway, and so yeah, like we're gonna push that always like we're going to do sea shanties (laughs) and they will move (laughs) you yeah and they're going to move you the same way that other things do and if if it's just joy that's still holy there's still something really holy and beautiful and important about just joy and I think so much of the church is just afraid of just like that of just unadulterated joy just fun for the sake of fun it has to be you know in the service of whatever it's jesus and others and then yourself and you can't think about any of these kind of things and i think there's just yeah but we can have fun it can just be fun for fun's sake and i like that
1: (laughs) i think that's (laughs) so yeah go ahead rich i'm sorry
4: and and it's also just um Creativity is, mm-hmm. holy, is holy.
3: Exactly, is yes, sacred. Yes, you
4: know, and like that's part of our contribution is like doing interesting arrangements. Like we have, we have for every um, beer and hymns, we Elise and I write a different medley of whatever. Right, you know, for uh, when, when, when do we do the friendship thing? Well, oh, was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. We did like a thank you for being a friend and nice. thank you for letting me be myself and uh other things. Huh? Yeah. Did, did you have, Michael, was, w. Did you have no. Michael W.
0: Smith friends
2: in there? Did you have Michael W. Smith friends?
3: I don't think I don't think Michael W. the Smithy made a, an appearance in that one.
4: Oh <laughs> well, fr- friends in low places do. Yeah. So
2: that, that deserves a raise the roof.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can get Garth Brooks and Sly and the Family Stone and The Golden Girls in one thing. I mean,
1: wow, that's that is is are awesome. right there. You're touching all the bases, man. You're yeah.
0: all
1: the bases. I just there's something so freeing about all, and I think that kind of is is you know when you talk about just the the only agenda is to have fun. Mm-hmm. I, I people just it's it's remarkable how badly people need that.
0: Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm.
1: To, just fun without an agenda. Um, and, and that should not be a rare thing in the world, but it kind of seems like it is in this day and age. And so, right. uh, it's so awesome that that's something that y'all are putting out there for the world. I can't, can't wait till you can actually do it again in real time.
4: <laughs> it shouldn't be too much longer.
1: Yeah. Speaking yeah. up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope we're getting, I, I was, um, talking to somebody else, uh, recently about like trying to make some long range plans and I'm like. Uh, you know, right? We're recording this thing now in like mid-April, um, so you know, folks will be listening to it in in early May. And like, I'm hoping by the time this podcast comes out, not that everything will be open back up again. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't think we'll be there yet. But I think by then we'll start to have an idea of when we can. You know, within another you know month or so, um, to start to get a, a better handle on like when can we have beer and hymns in Morgantown again. <laughs> and- That's- Yeah. yeah. Well, along
3: those lines, we were speaking with some Beer and Hymns friends the other night. We were recording something uh, for some of our churches this week, but um, we are tentatively planning some outdoor summer Beer and Hymns events. Yes. So That um, makes me so happy. Yeah. So if you follow the Beer and Hymns Facebook page uh, or Instagram, which... I will find those (laughs) (laughs) candles for you while Rich talks. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but uh, we
4: we have (laughs) we have some tentative dates set up. That's awesome. We're still waiting to hear back to firm up, but yeah, we're trying to do it as safely as we can. You know, outdoors, we'll probably mark some squares for people. You know, that whole thing.
3: Yeah, ask people to wear masks while they sing, since that can be a little bit of a thing. But yeah, we are. Very, very close to within the next couple months having a real live in person BYO, and Hems. Yeah, BYO, BN Hems. <laughs> <laughs>
4: BYO, Hems. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. So but yeah, great. but you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you look for Beer and Hems Morgantown, that's us.
3: Yeah. So Yeah, exactly.
1: That's
2: so cool. That's so cool.
3: And we'll um, have dates on those hopefully soon.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and Joe is is now the time to drop the special announcement regarding Beer and Hymns. <gasps> Weren't you going to do a solo at the next Beer and Hymns, Joe? You know, I mean, we haven't worked out the details yet. Okay, uh, all right. Well, then we'll, we'll edit that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I heard that you were going to do a Great Adventure by Stephen Curtis Chapman at the next. Ooh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, some some rumors are true and some aren't. Um, let's just. Let's just go with
1: that. <laughs>
4: some are dirty dirty lies oh man well you
1: guys this is this has been so much fun um to to talk about it and i'm I'm really excited for um for beer and hymns to get started up again i'm excited for folks who who happen to live you know in our sort of geographic area to to be able to maybe connect with you um live and in person but um you know one of the things um Th- that I I kind of wanted to ask y'all about. Like if somebody's listening to this and have never heard of Beer and Hymns or has never participated but thinks that sounds really awesome, I'd like to do that. Mm-hmm. Like how and you don't have like there are like other areas like Morgantown is not the only place where Beer and Hymns happens, obviously. It happens yeah. like in a lot of places if you if you kind of search your local area. Um, especially more metro areas, you might be able to, to find one. But if somebody just wanted to, like, say, like, I'd really like to do this in my community, like, how do you go about doing that?
3: I mean, honestly, for us, it took a combination of things in that we needed, Rich and I were, like, ready to go and had all the plans and a band probably, like, four years ago and are very bad at organizing things and following through and calling bars and making things actually happen the logistics side so if you have a logistics person who can actually like set things up because you'll need to have a venue and a space to do it in that's you know part of it um for us because we want to make all of our uh donations go outward we need a place that would be willing to host us for free um which is a thing and and also open up at a time for like a short amount of time because they tend to be shorter Um, events rather than you know a three-hour concert or whatever it tends to be in the one hour sort of range right. um but yeah past that i mean i think a lot of times it's just getting a couple people together who can play a guitar or play a play a keyboard or some kind of instrument and sing some hymns we've printed up a i know for us just a real simple lyrics only folded over like 50 page kind of uh songbook so people can come in and read that i mean it's in terms of like the actual logistics it's really not that tough as long as you know people who can who can sing you can probably get something together
4: yeah i would say um it doesn't have to be any x number of people right you know what i mean i've seen i've seen them where it's just two people like you know a a guitar dude or girl and a singer dude or girl And they do it that way. So if you have a place and you have the ability to sing with other people, uh, one like kind of technical thing I would say is expectations of it. If you're doing it, it's not, we try to like specifically lower our vol, keep our volume low. So it is a sing-along rather than a concert. Concert. You know what I mean? So just expectations of that. You know, we're you're helping. You're providing a, ba- a place for people to sing along with their friends,
0: right? You know, right. Yeah. so
1: and I'm sure, but, yeah. A, a, yeah, I'm sure a Google search too would turn up. You know, like some some beer and hymns folks who are doing. You know, who are sharing advice and logistics and and things like that too. Yeah, uh, I'm
3: I'm pretty sure that uh, Kristen Howerton of Beer and Hymns OC um Orange County, I believe she and Chad Markley have written up like a pretty straight down the list um things to do to like kind of set one up. If you if you search Beer and Hems OC and how to set up Beer and Hems, you could probably find find um theirs. I believe they wrote like a, an article kind of detailing how they set it up and some of the ways to logistically pull it together. But yeah, if you look in your local community for a uh, beer and hymns. And the other one that's kind of similar is he- uh, hymns and hops uh, is another right. beer and hymns kind of event. You might be able to find something uh, close to where you are that, that is already happening. And I'm sure you can plug into that in some way as well.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, it's and so if we cool. find that we can maybe
1: include it in the show notes. Like sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. We can do that for sure. So. Sweet. <laughs> Brandon, you got any uh, any other no. questions or wisdom to share with the folks before we wrap this conversation up, my friend?
2: No, I just think we need to really think about as a society adding beer in front of everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh, beer yeah. and hymns, beer and podcast, beer and <laughs> childbirth. You know, I don't know, but I just feel like there's something <laughs> here with beer and that uh, and then fill in the blank would, would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Beer and podcasts.
1: We can start working on the beer and podcast. I mean, you've already got bourbon and cigars um, kind of covered there. So I think, I think you're already on, on, on the path to a, a beer and podcast. Um, so. um, well, Richard and Elise, yeah. thanks again for, um, for being with us today, for um, telling us all about beer and hymns and about y'all's own kind of journey. Uh, I, I think it's just really fascinating how, um, how these um worlds of of music and fun and justice and spirituality and all of these things kind of merge together um if we'll just get out of our own way sometimes right and and give them the space um to do that so um i know we we made a little plug at the beginning but like if folks want to get in touch with you like where where can they find you and and how can they reach out
4: find us at uh beer and hymns morgantown where Wherever that leads you, that's us.
0: Most yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Well, no>, certainly.
1: <laughs> right, right, and, and Agape Guitars and See the Dawn Knitting um, yep. for mm-hmm. some of the excellent work that y'all are doing. It's great. Um, uh, aside from beer and hymns, or yeah. or integrated within beer and hymns, also in other ways, probably. So <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> It's been, a great, uh, it's been a great conversation. Really appreciate having you all with us and can't wait to see you in person and drink some beer and sing some songs, my friend. For sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Glad to do it.
2: That was so much fun to hear from Rich and Elise and to see all the really cool things that can happen when you start to imagine new ways of being together to explore and express the diversity of ways people can experience faith.
1: Yeah, and we should we should add that since we recorded that interview that you just heard, uh, Beer and Hymns Morgantown has set a date for their first, I guess, post pandemic event. Uh, it's going to be on Sunday, May the thirtieth, twenty twenty one. And so, if if you're listening to this before that date and you want to be part of that, you can go and learn all the details about it from their Facebook page. Just do a search for Beer and Hymns Morgantown to find uh, to find them and to get all of the information.
2: And as always, if you're interested in the content we're creating and curating for the Accidental Tomatoes community, you can find us online at accidentaltomatoes.com. And across the social media world, we are at Accidental Tomatoes. And if you have any suggestions or ideas about future
1: podcast topics or guests, we would love to hear from you. Um, You can find us uh, and contact us through our website. You can message us on social media, or you can send us an email at accidentaltomatoes at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. That helps other people find us and connect with our community and participate in the conversation that we're having together.
2: If you'd like to support the work we're doing at Accidental Tomatoes, you can donate through Patreon, where your support helps us offset some of the expenses of producing content for our community. Just go to patreon.com slash Accidental Tomatoes to learn more. So until next time, keep on growing outside the fences
1: and join us again for another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.